0: Welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and our guests today are Penny George from Fife, Scotland, and Dan Hinesley from Lancashire, England. They are the co-creators of the website mindbodymedicineinfo.org, which is designed to educate clinicians and patients on the mind-body approach to treating chronic pain. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Tom. So I'm excited about today's interview. I don't remember all the exact ways I met Penny and Dan. I'm actually meeting them online today for the first time. But I know Penny's from Scotland and Daniel, are you from Scotland also or where do you live?
2: I'm not. I'm uh, in the north of England near Manchester.
1: Okay. so I have a there's a person who's been on my podcast a couple of times and I've been on hers by the name of um, Georgie Ofield. And she has a wonderful process in England called SIRPA, S-I-R-P-A. And she has probably done as much as anybody in the mind body world to both conceptualize, um, create resources, spread the word, educate people as, as anybody, ever, as I've ever seen. She has a tremendous amount of energy. Um, she's a physical therapist. She is incredibly nice and she's been incredibly effective with many, many people. So I believe the connection with Penny and Daniel occurred through Georgie. And so um, I'm gonna read the introductions here, just to keep it. They both through some very nice, concise introductions. So basically Penny, Penny George, is based in Fife, Scotland, which she said is a little bit north of Edinburgh. And no, is it Edinburgh or Edinburgh?
3: Edinburgh. Edinburgh but don't worry, okay. we're we're used to Americans <laughs> saying Edinburgh, so that's
1: fine. <laughs> okay, and became ill with chronic fatigue syndrome in two thousand seventeen during a particularly stressful period in her life, including the loss of two friends to suicide. That is a big hit in a highly toxic work environment. She was told about the work of Dr. Sarno by a Buddhist nun and experienced an overnight book recovery after reading the first half of the divide of the divided mind in August of 2019. And then Dan is based in Lancashire, which is south of Penning. Correct. Do I have that right, Daniel? This is correct. Yes. Okay. And was diagnosed with a degenerative disease in his twenties following an MRI scan. He was sent away to manage the pain and suffered with severe sciatica and back pain for over a decade before discovering the work of Dr. Sarno, where he made a link between the pain and repressed grief. Following the methods described in Georgie Oldfield's book, Chronic Pain, Your Key to Recovery, he made a full recovery which culminated in him competing in an Ironman triathlon, which is insane. I'm impressed. After years of believing, he was unable to run. Dan and Penny met virtually in mid 2020 after both participating in an online recovery interviews with Georgie Oldfield, And they've joined forces to raise awareness of the mind-body approach to health amongst medical practitioners in the United Kingdom. They launched the mind-body medicine website in January, 2021, and they're now working together to plan the future projects. So I'm excited to have them on the show. I um, love stories of healing. And as you both know, it's always sort of miraculous when you actually break through. So Penny, let me start with your story for a second first. So you were in chronic fatigue for a few years, is that right?
3: Uh, it was just over two years. I was one of the lucky ones. It didn't turn into decades uh, right. until I found Sarno. So just over two years, yeah.
1: And before that, you were active, healthy, doing normal uh, things?
3: Yeah, mostly. I In the six months before I became really ill, I had started the, what I now recognize was the downhill descent. And I was getting, you know, lots of infections and I was really run down, <laughs> but largely, yeah, I had an active life, yeah.
1: Were there some, you don't have to necessarily share these in detail, but were there some circumstances occurring about the time that the process started?
3: Yeah, so I, as you said in the introduction there, I, I, the, one of the things that was happening was my the work that I was doing at the time, which I have since left, you'll be glad to know, um, was really stressful super stressful at, at the time when I first became ill I was doing three people's jobs in a part-time role wow. and it, I was just mm-hmm. dissolving under it and nobody was kind of doing anything to help well they kind of were but not enough to help um and uh, and then in Christmas 2016 uh, a young guy that I'd known since he was born the son of family, friends. He took his own life uh, in France. They they were French. They are French. Um, So that was Christmas 2016. And then uh, about six or seven weeks later, one of my closest friends also took her own life in February uh, 2017. Um, So I think kind of the accumulation of those events started to affect me as they would. And then I became seriously ill in the June of 2017.
1: So let me just fast forward a little bit. Um, So just take a minute to tell us when you were at the worst part of your illness, what were some of your symptoms? How bad did it get? Um, So I think that the main, obviously with chronic fatigue syndrome,
3: you know, one of the main symptoms is fatigue. Um, So that was bad. And there was kind of underlying fatigue all the time. But on top of the, General fatigue. I had, I kept having these sort of really dramatic energy crashes. They were like totally unpredictable. They would come out of nowhere. And it would, I always described it as if it was as if somebody was pulling the plug on my energy and I would literally just fall down. You know, I had no warning at all and it would happen, it could happen anywhere. So because they were so unpredictable, I got to a point where I was scared to go out. Because I was worried I might just collapse, you know. Um, so developed you,
1: you a lot of anxiety to them,
3: correct. Yeah, yeah. And when these collapses happened, they were lasting for about 45 minutes before I could even open my eyes. They were really dramatic.
1: You would pass out?
3: It, I wasn't unconscious. I was conscious on the inside, but I couldn't uh-huh. I couldn't move a muscle. I mm-hmm. couldn't do anything at all.
1: Wow. Yeah. So then you read Dr. Sarno's book and when was that that was in august of 2019 is that right yeah that's right and you said that you had a pretty quick recovery
3: i did um so before i read the book i had um watched the interview with dr sarno that's available on youtube it's about a okay. half hour youtube film and i had watched that so i kind of had an understanding of the concept before i got to the book um And I'd watched also a couple of videos on YouTube of other people telling their recovery stories. So I'd got the kind of picture of what this was about. And then it was a Friday night. I went to bed. I started reading the book. I must have read about half of it. And in that first half of it, somewhere he says, I think he says around 20% of people who read this book will recover just by reading it. And I remember thinking, what a load of rubbish, how can that be possible? <laughs> right. And then the next day, bang, that was it, I was better.
1: And you've yes. been everywhere.
3: I have, yeah, I mean, it took, you know, I, I have never, I've never met another person who's been a book recovery, I've kind of come across them but I've not had a proper conversation with them but I, I imagine that everybody's the same and at first it's hard to believe that you've just right. recovered overnight. So it took me a couple of months where I had no physical symptoms, but I kept thinking, well, surely it'll just come back, you know, right. because that this isn't possible. Right. Um, right. And it never did. And eventually I just came to trust it and realized that I, it had worked. I was right. one of these miracle book recoveries. I still can't believe it now when I say it out loud.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, about <laughs> 20 people of mm-hmm. Dr. Sarno's book or my book or Dr. Schumann's book, Dr. Clark's book. Once people get introduced to the concepts, we call it the Sarno effect, where about 20% of people just bam, they blow right out of it. The only negative to that, because most people don't. <laughs> so people tend to compare themselves. So they get frustrated when they still, yeah. I mean, some people it's a year or two before they pop out of it. The key word of course is persistence. And I honestly don't know why the Sarno effect occurs. I mean, what personality or what type of person all of a sudden bam, figures this out and, and blows out of it. But we see it also. And uh, when it happens, it's wonderful, yeah. and then, but it doesn't mean that it can't happen So over time. So um, Daniel, let's go into your story a little bit. Um, you um, were told you had degenerative disc disease, and you already know my lines that degenerative disc disease has been documented to be completely normal as people age. So it should not be called degenerative disc disease. It should be called a normally aging disc. So I deal with this every day in my practice, almost with people being told they have degenerative disease. So I like to know the effect it had on you when you were told that you had degenerative disease.
2: Yeah, so that that is um, it's, it's a real thing that stood out for me. It's the fact that a surgeon tells you it. You know, you you look up to these people who have they've spent lots of time studying, gone through rigorous education, and are experts, and are there with with white coats and uh, and look very formal and, and convincing and so when you when you hear you've got degenerative disc disease the first thing i was in my 20s and i'm, I'm in early 40s now the first thing is you, you just panic that you've got a disease <laughs> right. Right. and then of course um you're straight back it wasn't google back then i can't remember what it was lycos or whatever it was but you're straight on researching what a disease the degenerative the degenerative this disease is and and so you're flooded with all this information of uh, of of panic. Really, it was a it was it was it was the degenerative disc disease coupled with the fact it's chronic. And then in my young twenties, asking what chronic is, uh, the term being told that it wasn't going to go away; it was just going to be managed. I think right. it, it's really powerful, and it, it, the words of a a surgeon or a or a doctor are really powerful. And I think probably underestimated by people in the medical profession what what set of beliefs that can go and trigger.
1: <laughs> so so, so let, me, let me insert something here really quickly. So again, disc degeneration has not been shown to be cause of pain. That's one thing we do know in research very clearly yet it it's the most common reason in America that we do back surgery. It doesn't, it, it, in the success rate of a back fusion for back pain is about 22%. So it's a horrible problem that we, we've actually taken a normal spine and turned it into a disease the thing, second thing is when you're told you have a disease, there's a great research paper out of Texas that summarizes the problem that there's, there's mental input that changes your body's inflammatory response. And one of those is hope and optimism. And so what happens, this is not a psychological process when you lose hope and lose optimism, it actually creates an inflammatory process in your body, which sensitizes the brain and the nerve conduction. So you do physically feel the pain more, but it's not psychological. It's actually inflammatory. So people think, well, this is some type of mental trick that you're playing. You're actually affecting the body's physiology when you tell somebody somebody that they have degenerative disease, you have to live with it the rest of your life. You've actually taken away hope. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, fair fair statement. Absolutely. Right. So that has been shown to cause severe inflammation. And so it's a really direct link between the body's environment and your body translates your environment into physical symptoms. And so your inflammatory process cranks up. And I have to say one more thing. There's a new term out called medically unexplained symptoms. Have you heard of this term yet? Yes. Yeah. It's one of the terms it's, we've
2: had to use.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. It's the it worst is. thing that ever happened because in pleasure is nothing wrong. Well, guess what? Your body's inflamed. Everything's wrong. Your body chemistry is off. Everything's wrong. So anyway, go back to your story for a second. So you... I know you found Dr. Sarno, but you also worked with Georgie Olfield. And what I'm fascinated by is that you went from being disabled for what, over 10 years with this.
2: Yeah, so I'm not as good as dates with Penny, but it's somewhere. It, it was probably more like 15, somewhere in between 10 and 20, but it was a long time.
1: <laughs> so, so, so what, what I get upset about, for me personally, and for you, and, and for Penny too, is that you lost a lot of years of life being told something that wasn't really true yeah they can't make you very happy
2: no and and i saw so i think i i was also a very positive character so i think i made it worse by sort of accepting that i had this condition and then striving to beat it with positivity without <laughs> and i think you call that out in your book as well sometimes it it, it it didn't help so i spent 15 years of fighting something that i didn't need to fight
1: right yeah i mean we know that positive thinking is sort of a disaster right it's a way of suppressing negative thinking yeah. and- we know thoughts and emotions are a threat, which creates which creates inflammation. But even worse than that is repressed thoughts and emotion create more of a threat. And positive thinking is a global way of suppressing negative thinking. It's sort of a, it's a real disaster, it's a big problem. Yep. So when you went, Georgie Oldfield, can you just um, describe Georgie Oldfield in a sentence or two me? I know it's hard to do, but you meant, did you actually work with Georgie or did you just read her book or how did, how did it work with Georgie? So uh I read three books
2: over in that period. Um so my first one I came across so- Dr. Sarno's work, can't remember which one, I think uh healing back pain, I think it was, and then sort of understood that conceptually and then but but I had MRI scans that showed my discs were were, were weren't good. So I, I understood it conceptually but then disregarded it. Um unlike Penny, who was a you know overnight recoverer, I I needed some convincing. And then I actually read two other books. One was uh, George's, that took me probably 80% of the way through my healing journey. And then the last one was actually yours. So it's nice to be able to thank you in person, uh, David, as well. Because uh, for me, the last, I got to sort of 80% um, through with Georgie's book to the point where I, I, I was near, almost pain-free, but I wanted to start reintroducing things. and mm-hmm. I wanted to reintroduce running. And it was then when I got yours and it was written by a spine surgeon. And I think specifically um, the story you told about, um, is it Herbert the, Hel- the Elk Hunter? Herbert the Elk Hunter in your book. No, I'm sorry, the what? Herbert, he was an Elk Hunter. I think you said he was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah but it, and mean. he had,
0: it,
2: it sounded like a terrible spine and it, he managed to recover. So I think that your book sort of tipped it over the edge from a, yeah, if, if guys like that can heal then 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 I, I can start running again. Uh, but to answer your question, Georgie's a, a legend. She's uh in the UK, she was the only person I could find um that that knew of the work. she had been over to study with Sarno for a while. Um and she's um incredibly patient and she's doing doing a great thing, building building a community in in the UK um against as as similar in the states with yourselves you know fighting against a, a medical industry that doesn't often agree or is reluctant to agree
1: <laughs> so and then how did you two meet how you, so you both have a, a similar story you both uh, so i met you because you had some interest in actually bringing these concepts out into the public domain so i'm curious penny how did you two get connected
3: so we en- both ended up Georgie who we were just talking about ran a series I think she's still running them in fact a series of recovery interviews um, which she's putting up on YouTube um, and when she started doing that last summer while we were all in lockdown uh, Dan did one I think in May last year and I watched his um, and then I did one in July with Georgie and Dan watched mine and uh, after, well, Dan's probably a better place to answer this bit than I am, but basically Dan got in touch with me. I think I said something, I was quoting facts and figures that I'd read on the NHS, the, the National Health Service in the UK um, website, about how 45% of um, visits to doctors' surgeries in the UK are for the term you don't like, medically unexplained symptoms. Um, and I was quoting that in my interview, and I think Dan picked up on that, and I don't know what else, uh, and got in touch with me and said, you know, I'm wondering if you might be interested in trying to kind of help educate doctors in particular about this approach to health. So that's where it all started. Yeah. Thank you.
1: So... Um Daniel for, I just I want to go back one thing on your story specifically. So you actually ran an Iron Man triathlon. Is that true?
2: You've promoted me a little bit. It's the Iron Man 70.3, so it's a half. Uh, it's, oh, it's a half, half marathon. Okay. Half marathon, yeah. Half, half 56 no. bike.
1: So can you tell the audience what the half one is?
2: Yeah, so it's a um it's a half marathon, a 56 mile bike ride, and a, I think it's 1.2 miles swim. But the, the big thing for me is, it, it, I mean, it might as well have been a, a, an Ironman or, or double because at one point I couldn't run for 30 seconds without a massive back pain flare-up. So for me, I built that run up in 30 – well, started with two minutes and built it up in two-minute increments to a half marathon and then uh, stuck it on at the end. And that I mean, that in itself was a was a big process because – at first, I started with two minutes, four minutes and thought I was cured. I wasn't getting any pain. So I ran for 20 and uh, 20 minutes. And then I was in the agony for two days and I, and I had to really go back, build an evidence diary, um, read the stories, um, do everything. The visualization, the, the, the journaling, every, everything you could think of, the affirmations. And I actually waited until I was having a real severe bout of sciatica or, or back pain and. Um, at the time of a, a change at work, and I went purposely running with the pain and um, I was I set off with a real real dogged hobble and uh, and ended up 20 minutes later sprinting through through the park. It was fantastic and uh, that that was the last the last thing for me that that removed all doubt of it being physical because if I could set off in in pain, and run through it and come out feeling
1: great. Let me just say one thing, just a bit of a coaching thing for the audience. I mean, it, it is physical because it, it is pain. Something in your yeah. body that irritates. So it is pain. So that's what I get unexplained symptoms, right? No, I, I know, you know, but it's just that um, we somehow think if you can't find a source that the pain is imaginary, and that's just not true. Your body chemistry is off. The nerve conduction is fired up. Your brain is receiving these impulses. It's interpreting those as physical pain. And it's a problem. And again, somehow in medical school, we got really off under the structural cause of things. And it's just not correct. And so anyway, then particularly with you, just the classic story. So I'm like, um, I'll, I'm going to wrap this up just for a second, in a second. But I guess i like um, going to go to Penny for a second in that... Um, What's your basic paradigm shift? Just give me the, I know there's lots of them, but what was the one basic paradigm shift that allowed you to heal? What what changed?
3: Um, I, I think it really simply for me, I think it was literally recognizing that I was making myself ill with my own brain, that, that it was, it, I was making myself ill and therefore I could make myself well. And it, that just seemed to, summarize it for me and somehow it happened
1: overnight once oh, that's i love that one that's really great so yeah you're right we make ourselves ill we may not realize we are but we make ourselves ill and then you can do that you can flip it around and decide to yes. do it the other direction yes. um daniel what was what was some basic paradigm shift for you now compared to say like five years ago um that's a that's an incredible story going from being disabled for 15 years of, quote, degenerative disease, which wasn't the problem, to running a half Ironman. That's, that's unbelievable. So what do you think the basic, just the one main paradigm shift that occurred for you that allowed you to heal? It was it was convinc-
2: it was the convincing myself, well, I guess that the, the process was the convincing of myself that it wasn't structural. And once I had that belief, I could then work with the um the theory about it being pain triggered by emotion so once i once i once i've convinced myself it wasn't structural i then started looking it through the emotional lens and that's when i could heal properly
1: so we do know the research now shows the last five years that emotional pain and unpleasant thoughts are processed the same way as a physical pain it's the same process go same part of the brain get the same reaction and they're they are the same thing and so that's again, the neuroscience of the last five years has been stunning showing how all this works. So we're going to um, wrap this section up and then um, I'm going to, there. we're going to talk about the next podcast is their efforts to bring these concepts out into the public domain, which is always a major contribution. So I'm excited about that. But you have a website called www.mindbodymedicineinfo.org. MindBodyMedicineInfo.org, do I have that right? Correct. You have a website and then we're talking some detail about um, what they're up to and what their plans are for the next um, 50 years. So, um, (laughs) but I'm just gonna use lots of website in January, this last January. And so any other um, final words, first Penny and then um, to the audience and then Daniel?
3: Uh, I, I just had a picture there of still working with Dan when I was in my 90s and wondering what that's going to look like. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it. Oh.
1: And Daniel, any final words from your perspective?
2: Yeah, just um, with regards to my recovery uh, story, just, uh, just thank you again, David, for, write, for writing the book and uh, hearing it from a spine surgeon was, was um, a massive part in my recovery.
1: So thank you. Good. I mean, you both know I actually quit spine surgery because of this, because I just was watching so many people badly damaged by spine surgery. And then this, I mean, the stories that you're telling sound incredible, but this is what happens. This is what happens when people heal, they heal. It's not a lot. I mean, it may be a gradual change over months, sometimes even a year, but all of a sudden, bam, you pop into a new life and this is what happens. And I don't quite understand what sets it off for different people. And even after doing this for 15 years now, when somebody would walk into my office having a different life and go, excuse me, what happened? It just is incredible to listen to me every time it happens. And it happened again a couple of times this week. So it's interesting how it works. And so I'm excited that you are able to experience that along with a lot, a lot of other people. So I'm really excited about learning the next podcast, what um, you two are up to the next 50 years. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, David.
0: Thank you. I'd like to thank our guests, Dan Hinesley and Penny George, for being on the show today and for sharing their experiences of healing from chronic pain. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com.